Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit. I am Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice, and I want to thank you for joining me on today. You know, today is the day that the Lord has made, and we should all be glad and rejoice in it. Hallelujah, Jesus. How about you? You know, during the course of this week, I have been thinking about the word adoption. Yeah, it started, I I guess it just popped in my mind what the Lord wanted me to speak on. And I just have been going through some experiences uh, from others that dealt with the adoption process. You know, to adopt a child in this world, you have to go through a rigorous process of paperwork and uh, psychological evaluations, uh, counseling, you know, uh, finding the right child that not only fits your life, that you fit that child's life. It's a rigorous, rigorous process. I once knew a man in Maryland, him and his wife, who adopted two African children. And the process meant that they had to travel to Africa to stay until the process or the adoption process was finalized. So they had to find online the children that they thought fit their lives and perhaps they they fit the children's lives. Then they had to travel to Africa to stay for a period of six months so that they can uh, get to know the children so that the children can get to know them so that the children are not abruptly uh, taken from their environment, but that they can get used to their adoptive parents and their adoptive parents can get used to their adoptive children. Well, you know, thinking about the adoption process got me to thinking about what it means to be adopted into the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God says that we are all adopted when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I believe that, you know, so much so I believe that, that even in 2 Corinthians 5 and where is it? Um, 5 and 16, you know, it talks about when we become a part of Christ or when we are in Christ, we are new creations, meaning we are now adopted children of the father. You know, it says that, uh, um, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, meaning that in Christ, you are now an adopted son of the living God. I follow that up over in the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, the fifth through the ninth verse, which says these words, he predestined us, meaning God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace in which he has blessed us in the beloved meaning that he blessed us in Christ and through Christ, we are blessed in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So God had a plan to adopt us as his children. 
And it doesn't take a long process. It doesn't take a six month process. It doesn't take for us to travel to, to, to go to receive the adoption into God's kingdom. All we have to do is receive the invitation that is given to us through Christ Jesus. And I want to give you this invitation today so that you will give someone the invitation in your life and that they will continue. So the invitation will be endless. It's an endless invitation, but it comes with stipulations. I would say you have to give up the old life that you once had. You have to give up the old habits that you once did. And you have to give up the people that you once hung around with. Simply because the truth shall make you free. Shall make you free. Because that's what the truth does. The truth changes you. And there are a lot of people who are out here in this world who are not ready for change. There are a lot of people out here in this world who are not ready for adoption. But these are people who are out here in this world who are all hungering for truth. And I pray that this invitation that I give to you today will be shared with someone in your circle who may be in need of this invitation, who is willing to change, who does want to get away from old habits and people who 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 uh, uh, bring them down in some sort of way. Because in Christ, you change. In Christ, you become a new creation. Christ has now come into you and has now been able to turn your life around. But it's not done overnight. It's done over time. What happens immediately when you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior, immediately Christ comes into your life. And he begins the work of, of cleanup, turning you around, bringing into you the new creation that you have allowed yourself to become. But you have to be willing to become that. You have to be a willing participant in becoming a new creation that Christ wants to make you or bring you into being. Over in the book of Luke. Chapter 14, verses 16, 16 to 24, we see an invitation that has been given, an invitation for change, an invitation for redemption, an invitation for salvation. And the responses may or may not surprise you, but let's go to Luke 14, 16 and 24. As it says, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I have to go examine them. Please have me excused. And yet another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. 
So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Let me stop right there. Real quick. How many of you would buy land that you don't see? Of course, land is valuable. You want something for it. But if land is bad or you find yourself in a bad investment buying land, you'll walk away from it. So there are no excuses when it comes to the invitation of of Christ. You either want the invitation or you don't want the invitation. But to say that you bought land that you've never saw is absolutely foolish. But to those who are perishing, the message of the cross is foolish to them. So then he says, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I must go test them. Please have me excuse. Why would you need to buy something that you have not seen? You're taking a big risk in doing that. But that is what we do every day in our lives when we do not allow Christ Jesus into our lives, when we do not allow him into our hearts, when we do not accept his truth. We're taking a big risk because we're buying into a world that we know nothing about. And we are taking part at the table of damnation that we ought not to be at. So stop making excuses. If Christ is who you want in your life, accept him. If Christ is who you do not want in your life, you have that choice also. Because we all have a choice. And here at the traveling pulpit, I would not be comfortable if I did not say the choice is yours. Because it is. Then, The next man, the third man and final man, he says, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. So if you get married, that is the time of celebration. That is the reason why you should go to the banquet, because Jesus loves marriages. God loves marriages. He brought them together. In fact, the first miracle was Jesus turning water to wine at a wedding. So the wedding is the place where you want to be. This the place where you want to be seen. It's the place where you are the star. You are the centerpiece. But he said he married a wife and he can't come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you had, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. The invitation has now officially been given to you. Go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel those to come in. There is room enough for all of us. And he wants us to be a part of this banquet. And now that you have that invitation, what will you do with it? 
Will you extend that invitation to someone? Will you tell someone about the invitation that you received here at the traveling pulpit? Or will you take the invitation and hide it? Or will you take the invitation and throw it away? Or will you just not accept the invitation? See, the choice is yours. What you do with this invitation. But just as I have received this invitation and I extend it to everyone that I come in contact with, I am, I am now uh, uh, giving it to you right here on the traveling pulpit. I am giving you this invitation so that you can go and give that invitation to someone. Why? Because my responsibility is to give the invitation to everyone I come in contact with, even here on the traveling pulpit. And now in Christ Jesus, it is your responsibility to go out and give that invitation to someone else. It's up to them. The choice is theirs, what they do with it. But I've made my choice. My choice is to invite everyone I come in contact with. Everyone that can be a man on the street and it could be a man in the White House. It does not matter to me. My life is not my own. My life belongs to Christ. And if you're that way, if you feel that way, then take this invitation and tell as many people as you can with it. You see here at the traveling pulpit. I realized one thing I started out trying to give three points in a prayer that does not work for me. That is not who I am. You're going to get one point here on the traveling pulpit. And that one point is Christ Jesus and him alone. But tied into that one point is the father, Abba, Yahweh, Elohim, Jehovah, in that one point, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. In that one point, you're going to get Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel. In that one point, you're going to get that. That whole nucleus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what you're going to get in one point. Now you get different Bible uh, uh, scriptures and, you know, passages. You know, we do a little Bible exercise here on the traveling pulpit, but you only get one point because there is only one point and that only one point is Jesus Christ himself. He lived, he died, he was resurrected, he extend, he, uh, uh, he ex ascended in back into heaven and he will come again from heaven to get his church one day. That day is not for us to know. That time is not for us to know what is for us to know and what time it is for us to know is determined by us. What will you be doing when he when he returns? Will you be telling someone about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you be extending an invitation to someone about what he has done for you in your life? Or will you just trash it? Or will you just throw it away? Or will you just not listen to what this invitation does for, for so many and has done for so many? The choice is yours. This invitation can be given to your best friend and it can be given to your worst enemy. Even if your worst enemy is your best friend. This is the invitation 
for salvation. And I've given it to you. Well, that's my time, family. I am so grateful to have an opportunity to just come and briefly share with you the message of Jesus Christ. I know the Lord is doing things in this world because he said he would not leave us, nor would he forsake us. I know that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing some things in this world because as King David once said, I was young and then I'm and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And if you are in the seed of Christ, if you are an adoptive son or daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has you. He has you protected. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not let danger come to your life. And I'm not saying those things because of of what sounds popular. Or what itching ears might want to hear. No, I'm saying these things because as the storm begins to come down on us, as the rain begins to to take its mark over our houses and in the streets, let you and I remember who gave their life for us. Let us remember him as he was beaten and whipped beyond recognition for my sin and your sin. Let us not forget that so that when that day comes, when the sky opens and the true son is revealed, that we shall all have accepted the invitation and go on to that great banquet in which the master of the house has prepared. I don't know. I can imagine a lot of things, but I cannot imagine what that great, great banquet looks like from the writing of, 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 of Luke. He says it's a banquet. I, I, I get it. I'm trying to imagine it, but there are some things I just can't imagine. And I can imagine a lot of things. Trust me, I can. I'm a sinful human being. So, yeah, I can imagine a lot of things. But the one thing that I cannot imagine is the one thing that Christ has told us. Don't worry about the time nor the day. But be ready. That's what I'm doing. And I pray that now that you have this invitation, that you do the same thing as well. It has been great, family. I love you. I don't waste words. Those words go out because they will not return void. Love has, has given you this message. Love has given you this invitation. And now love is signing off. For the traveling pulpit, I'm Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice. I look forward to doing this with you on next week. I love you. I mean it. And I'm saying bye for now.